let's put feelings aside and let's do something. <laughs> let's look at facts. Wow, what a concept idea. Let's look at some facts. Let's look at some data points. And I will leave it up to you to draw your own conclusions. Let's start off with this small little fact of recent news update. In November of 2018, let, let me read you an article from November of 2018. The woman who allegedly opened fire on co-workers at the Aberdeen, Maryland Rite Aid Distribution Center did so with a handgun that she legally owned and was registered to her. The Daily uh, Mail was reporting that 26-year-old Snokeshia Mosley opened fire outside the building housing the distribution center, then went inside and continued firing. She was armed with one handgun and several magazines. Maryland, where this took place, has some of the most stringent gun controls in the country, including an assault weapons ban, a high-capacity magazine ban, and a registration requirement for purchasers buying a handgun at retail. They also have a red flag law that Larry Hogan signed after the February 14, 2018 Parkland High School shooting. Why are you bringing up that 2018 shooting, James? Uh, by the way, if you're not aware, my name is James, a.k.a. Black Conservative Patriot. Why am I bringing that up? Well, just a small little detail here that may be of interest given the latest thing that happened to us. Snokeshi Mosley, uh, Snokeshia Mosley was uh, a man who identified as a woman. So you notice that the story there was she, 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 but it was a biological man who identified as a woman. Let's go to May uh, 2019. A school shooting. By the way, the, uh, the Maryland shooting wounded three and killed three. So three people died and three were wounded. How about this little one? In uh, 2019, Alec McKinney, age 17. This is what uh, happened then. Well, I, let me I'm just tell you, you you're going to figure out what's going on here, right? In 2019, Alec McKinney was age 17 when she helped kill one teenager out of school in Colorado while she claimed to be a transfer student. In November of 2022, a Colorado man who shot up a gay nightclub, killing five and wounding 18, identified as a transmission specialist. If you'll recall, uh, when we were covering this story, they wanted to use the pronouns they, them. They have identified as non-binary and the Filing papers didn't have MR for Mr. Aldrich or MS for Miss Aldrich or MRS for Mrs. Aldrich. They had MX Aldrich in the court filings. And of course, we have what happened yesterday. In less than five years, there have been four people who have identified as transfer persons who have committed mass shootings. Yet, 
we're supposed to be afraid of the alt-right white supremacists. Anywho, anyhow, earlier today, I watched the body cam footage of the police officers who responded very quickly, professionally, and went in as quickly as they could into the school to confront the unknown shooter, unknown to them, unlike what happened in Ovalde, Texas, which was a total foobar situation. And I, when I watched it, I was like, wow, these guys are brave. They're like, let's go. They were starting to clear the rooms on the first floor. They heard the shooting in the second floor. A teacher or someone told them they had evacuated students and that they're on the second floor shooting. And they ran up there, not knowing what danger. And then uh, you see it from a couple different body cam footage, uh, the shooting of, of, the, of, uh, of Audrey Hale. And I will be honest with you, when I watched the shooting of uh, Audrey Hale, and uh, and and they go, you know, they go and do a close up. Of course, they blur her out and what have you. I uh, I was saddened. I was saddened for Audrey Hale. I was saddened for Audrey Hale. Now, Audrey has committed uh, an unspeakable evil, killing three children and three adults. But I don't know. In that moment, the sweet love of Jesus touched my heart, and I felt pity. And I felt sadness for Audrey Hale. And obviously very uh, confused. Now, I'm not saying, I'm not the kind of person that says, oh, they were sick when people are evil. I'm generally err on the side of judging people for their evil, vile wickedness. But for some reason, I'm just being transparent here with you. When I watched that video, I felt uh, I, I felt a, a sense of sadness for Audrey Hale. The final messages of Audrey O'Hale have been released. Now, I know, I'll get to this in a second, the, uh, the, the, the press is falling over their feet because, of course, the original, the original news we got at the moment was a teenage girl was the shooter. Now, if you see a picture of Audrey Hale, I'm going to say, I'm going to see Audrey Hale on the street. I'm going to see Audrey Hale in photos. I'm going to say that's a girl. But even you'll see, uh, you'll see, well, I'm going to read this to you. It turns out that Audrey had changed her garden by the name of Aiden just recently. From reports I'm reading, it's just in the last few months that Audrey has become him, he, and going by Aiden. This is a text message she had with a person. Now, Hale's 28. This is a person that she played basketball with. Uh, back in middle school and has remained friends with this person. And this was an Instagram message. It went back and forth. So basically that post I made on there about you, that was basically a suicide note. I'm planning to die today. This is not a joke. You'll probably hear about me on the news after I die. This is my last goodbye. I love you. See you again in another life. Audrey, parentheses, Aiden. So Audrey also, uh, Audrey signed her female name and then put in parentheses his, her male name. The friend said, "Audrey, you have so much to, uh, you have more, you have so much more life to live. I pray God keeps and covers you." And then Audrey messaged back, "I know, but I don't want to live. I'm so sorry. I'm not trying to upset you or get attention. I just need to die. I want to tell you first because you are the most beautiful person I've ever seen and known all my life. 
My family doesn't know what I'm about to do. One day this will make more sense. I've left more than enough evidence behind, but something bad is about to happen. Now, the friend jumped on the phone, uh, called the non-emergency line at the police department immediately after this happened. By the time she got through, the shooting had already occurred. So much uh, uh, much um, kudos and love and healing to her uh, to Audrey's friend Patton, who tried to avoid this from happening. This is um, obviously a very sick and evil act. And I don't know, I just feel a sense of sadness for Audrey and for all the uh, all the youth that are confused and made more confused by not getting the proper counseling and help and assistance they need. There's going to be a lot of people. I don't want to be anywhere in the universe or anywhere uh, where God is going to be judging these people who abuse children and confuse them for their own agenda and their own nefarious, pervy, uh, sick agenda. Very, very saddened by this, folks. And of course, six people dead. But the media is more worried about getting the pronouns right and wrong. Um, I had this all queued up for today's report. I saw Paul Joseph Watson has an excellent five-minute video on YouTube. You're going to want to watch that about how we have six people dead and they're worried about the misgendering issue and other people. It's just disgusting. The New York Times and the USA Today complied with the radical ideology by apologizing for for correctly identifying the Nashville Christian school shooting suspect as a woman. Once again, I just showed I just wanted to show you because I'm doing this as a one take. But Audrey, in that conversation with her friend Patton, had signed it as Audrey and put in parentheses Aiden. Soon after the shooting at the Covenant School on Monday, in which three students and three adults were shot and killed, police identified the suspected shooter as 28-year-old Audrey Hale. A little while later, officials stated that Hale, who was killed by police during the attack, identified as trans, meaning Hale allegedly believed she was a man. Once again, this is on the last few months from several things I'm seeing. This is not something lifelong or something that's been going on for a long time. Oh, by the way, Patton had called the police because Audrey Hale had uh, attempted to take her life before she her friend knew that she had she was struggling with this so after it found out that 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 she was now identifying as a man both usa today and the new york times made quick issue statements on twitter and apologizing for originally reporting that she was a woman even though that's what the police said in the original police statement and press conference. Okay, how about this? Uh, yesterday, a uh, actually this was today, uh, Roy, Chowd- Roy Chowdhury, 29, was arrested in Boston, Massachusetts today, Tuesday. Why? This is a Wisconsin man who has been arrested for firebombing the office of the Wisconsin Family Action, a pro-life organization. This happened back in May after the overturning of Roe v. Wade in 2022. Wow, so much for the alt-right and the MAGA Republicans and the white supremacists being and the Nazis being so dangerous in America. Sure seems like a lot of leftists and Joe Bidenites are the ones causing a lot of actual domestic terror. 
He is a biochemist and a former research scientist at the University of Wisconsin-Madison. He actually has uh, won awards and uh, at New Mexico State University for biochemistry. So, by the way, when they firebombed the Wisconsin family action back in uh, May, they also vandalized it and it said if abortions aren't safe, then you aren't either. But don't worry, Christopher Ray, FBI Director Christopher Ray, and Merrick Garland, gotta watch out for those alt-riders. They're the dangerous ones as they protest peacefully against unconstitutional acts. Let's move to the sins of the Biden regime internationally. They're refusing to support calls for an international investigation into the Nord Stream attack. That happened yesterday in the United Nations Security Council meeting. Only Russia, China, and Brazil voted for an international investigation into the Nord Stream attack at the United Nations Security Council Monday evening. Why would something so big to energy in Europe not want to be investigated by the UN Security Council and only Russia, China, and Brazil vote for it? Not a fan of Vladimir Putin and Russia. Not a fan of Xi and uh, Xi Jinping in China. Not a fan of uh, Lula da Silva in Brazil. I do not like Marxist and tyrants. I love the Russian people, love the Chinese people, and love Brazilians. There's Brazilians in my family now through marriage. Love them. At UC Berkeley, I UC Berkeley. I don't know how it is now, but there, it was a lot of uh, Asians, and most of my friends were Korean and Chinese. A lot of them from Hong Kong. Thank you to all of you, Kenny, Joseph, uh, Joe. There was there's two Josephs. One went by Joe, one by Josephs. One of the tallest people I've ever met, six seven Chinese from mainland China. But I digress. It's silly. The left makes you think that when you criticize these despots, that you are being racist. No, we love these people. They're children of God. They're brothers and sisters. Chinese are the biggest victims of the tyranny of Xi Jinping and the CCP. But they all wanted an investigation into this. But interestingly enough, uh, they they needed nine votes and they didn't get the votes because the United States, the UK, and France did not vote for the investigation, nor did Albania, Gabon, Ghana, Malta, Mozambique, the United Arab Emirates, Switzerland, Ecuador, or Japan, who are also on the Security Council. Isn't that something? And of course, the United States said, we had nothing to do whatsoever with that, which means, of course, they did. And Russia is saying that uh, it will be solved one day. They resolved themselves so that there's never going to be a serious investigation into the claims and the reports and the data that, that more than suggests that we did that using underground drone, underwater drones uh, under the guise of a some sort of practice or drill or, or uh, that took place a few a few months before. Okay, that's not the end of it. Check this out. 
the White House is going to veto the House Republicans bill called the Low Energy Cost Act. It's a 175-page bill. It's so important that it's, it's H.R. 1 for this 118th Congress. So it's the first bill that the House uh, is trying to push forward. The package includes measures that would, among many things, streamline the environmental review process for energy infrastructure projects, require more onshore oil lease sales, give greater access to public lands and waters for oil and gas drilling, and ban foreign companies with a known record of human rights violations from mining on federal lands. I don't know why foreign companies are mining on federal lands to begin with, but let's just go with that. Yesterday, the White House confirmed that Biden will kill the bill if it ever makes it to his desk. Here's a man who's never even been to his desk, at least not lately. Since checking himself into a hospital for depression on February 15th, Pennsylvania Senator John Fetterman has missed uh, missed over 80% of roll call votes. I'm looking at two articles here. Let me go over to the Fox News article. I think it's more than 80%. Pennsylvania Senator John Fetterman has missed an alarmingly high percentage of roll call votes due to illness. Uh, he has missed nearly 83%. Okay, so I knew that the, the number was bigger than 80. 83% of Senate roll calls votes since checking himself into a hospital to receive treatment for clinical depression last month. According to government watchdog GovTrack, Fetterman has missed 53 of the 64 Senate roll call votes held during February and March. So interestingly enough, that's February and March. He put himself in February 15th. So some of the ones that he did make could have been right before he went in. It's possible that he missed many or maybe all of them since he checked himself in. By the way, the uh, average uh, lifetime record for missed votes for all current senators is 2.3%. And he's missed 83%. Boy, he's setting a new record. Okay, what's the latest on Trump indictment by Manhattan Grand Jury this week? Well, here's another leak. NBC News reporting, the New York Grand Jury, considering possible criminal charges against former President Donald Trump related to the hush money payments to Stephanie Clifford ahead of the 2016 elections, is not expected to be asked to vote on an indictment this week. This is according to three sources familiar with the matter. We'll take these with a grain of salt. But this reporting of non-action seems to be way more accurate than the reporting that there was going to be an indictment. They're not expected to meet tomorrow. The next day, the panel was regularly scheduled to convene. Uh, they usually meet on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. And on Thursdays, they have on their docket uh, another case that has nothing to do with Trump. So it looks like nothing's going to happen this week. Looks like nothing's going to happen at all. There's no case. People in the own in the own DA's office of Alvin Bragg don't want this to go forward. You know when there's hardcore Democrats that are saying, I don't want to do this, that it might just be a bad idea. Because these people are foaming at the mouth, rabid, hateful, TDS, stage four, platinum level MAGA-hating Marxists, and they don't think there's a case and they don't want to be involved with it. Okay, we got another leak. Chief Judge James uh, Bozberg, he's the Obama appointee who replaced uh, Barry Howell before him, has ordered former Vice President Mike Pence to testify before the grand jury 
about his conversations with President Trump related to January 6th. Now, of course, this is an unprecedented attack on Trump's authority and executive privilege, which, of course, the executive privilege is derived from the separation of powers in the Constitution. But Constitution, laws, regulations, and tradition having to do with the separation of powers means nothing to these aforementioned TDS terminally this, this TDS terminal stage, how, how do I put this? These people with terminal stage TDS, it means nothing to them. So if you recall, special counsel Jack Smith subpoenaed Mike Pence in February. And there were two arguments made here. President Trump's folks and his legal argument was executive privilege. He doesn't have to, he, he can't testify because of executive privilege that I have as a president. Well, we know that Joe Biden's like, no, it's not like, I waived the, the executive privilege of the previous guy. But Pence had argued that because he was acting as president of the Senate and a member of the legislative branch on January 6th, he is protected from the DOJ's demands. Well, this is what Judge Boasberg has ruled, that Pence can decline to answer any questions about his as activities presiding over the Senate. But he has asked Pence to testify to the grand jury about his conversations with President Trump. And this is all according to a leak from CNN. Let me, let me just jump into to what CNN is saying here. By the way, Pence is stating that he will appeal this ruling. He does not want to do it. He's going to fight back against it. Wouldn't it have been nice if Mike Pence would have had this kind of backbone just a couple years ago to do the right thing? A federal judge has decided that former Vice President Mike Pence must testify to a grand jury, according to multiple sources. In a ruling that remains under seal, of course, but leaked selectively to the CNNs of the world, Pence can decline to answer questions related to his actions on January 6th itself, but he must answer questions uh, in, in the lead up to the congressional certification vote where Pence faced enormous pressure from Trump and his allies to disrupt the lawmakers' plans to validate Joey's win. Okay, there you go. And let's not forget that the Obama-appointed judge, Beryl Howell, who was in there before Goldsberg, flipped one of Trump's own lawyers, Eric Corcoran, into a witness because she said that the... Uh, Client attorney privilege didn't hold up. You see how these bastards hate our constitution and hate our legal system. Unless it's one of their people. We just found out that Sam Bankman Freed, uh, his indictment was unsealed and a new indictment was put in there. Isn't this something? The AP has reported that FTX founder Sam Bankman Freed was charged with directing $40 million in bribes to one or more Chinese officials to unfreeze his assets related to his cryptocurrency business. That was in a newly rewritten indictment unsealed today, Tuesday. The charges conspiracy to violate the anti-bribery provisions of the Foreign Corrupt Practices Act raises to 13 the number of charges Bankman-Fried faces after he was arrested in the Bahamas in December and brought to the United States afterward. Wow. By the way, 
Sam Bankman-Fried still is at home under home arrest. While we have hundreds of people in D.C. gulags, still no trial over a peaceful protest in which they were victims of entrapment with police saying, come on into the Capitol. And now they are political prisoners in America. Sam Bankman-Fried gets to sit in his parents' basement in his parents' home under house arrest. Now, okay, this is a new indictment. He tried to bribe Chinese officials. And we also know that he was tampering or was attempting to tamper with witnesses. But he still gets to be under house arrest. That's what happens when you're the second largest donator to Biden and his folks. Now, let me end with this last news story. This last news story is, I don't know if it's good news, but it's, positive news it's more sane news let's just say it's not bad news the pentagon that's right the pentagon actually has dismissed the idea of sending advanced u.s fighter jets to ukraine they don't want to send them the warmongers in our pentagon don't want to send ukraine advanced jets undersecretary of defense for policy colin call told eight senators that while combat planes are on Ukrainian President Zelensky's wish list of items, they are not a priority capability area and will likely consume a large portion of the department's remaining funding. The group of eight lawyers led by Senator Mark Kelly had written in a letter to Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin they believe Austin needed to take a hard look at sending Ukraine's F-16s Specifically because they are a game changer on the battlefield. And then Call wrote back to them and said, hey, we're not doing that. And that's it, folks. That's what I want to report to you. If you appreciate my work here for you, if you're on YouTube, do me a small favor. Hit the like button, the share button, subscribe, and hit the notification bell. And if you're on another platform, hit the follow button or whatever button that platform has for you to let that that platform know that you want to follow and get notifications. Don't forget that we have a sister channel called the BCP Report. Juniorette just dropped a report about Jim Jordan (laughs) showing some nasty tactics being employed by our government. He reveals what they're up to. And we have another show called BCP Unfiltered, which is you'll never find on YouTube. You can catch it over at therealbcp.com. You can catch it over at bcpextras.com. Or you can catch it on all of the major podcast platforms. And you can watch it on video on Patreon, Locals, and on Spotify. Until the next one, ciao, goodbye, God bless.